Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Computing Stories podcast. As in every episode, I have again brought an interesting guest, and this time I'm talking to Hans Kuhl. So for all the listeners who have never heard of you, who are you? Uh, well, I'm uh, 60 years old now. I'm, I have been in music all my life, um, and uh, some uh, uh, steps made some steps in, in visual arts, special arts, but uh, mostly on music and sound, and uh, started to work uh, with uh, electronic uh, sound in uh, 1982, I guess. Very simple stuff, you know, um, uh, tape uh, uh, echoes and pedals and bouncing sounds uh, on two cassette uh, uh, recorders. Um, and yeah, just experiment, experiment, experiment with guitars and pedals. And then um, the first uh, Casio uh, things uh, arrived on the market. The Casio VL1, for instance, which was also a pocket calculator. <laughs> and um, yeah, with it, I uh, yeah, I experimented and made music. And uh, outside of the house, I was uh, have been active as a jazz musician, playing multiple instruments, <clears throat> and uh, also playing uh, Afro. Uh, um, Afro-Cuban music a lot and uh, improvised music and uh, studied also music theory, counterpoint, uh, history, harmonic analysis and that sort of things. Um, I had to stop playing in 2006 uh, because I had uh, vertical problems so I was on bed for about two or three years and um, uh, so I don't play anymore, uh, uh, but uh, totally focused on electronic music. First with uh, analog modular synthesizers like the ARP 2500 and 2600. And uh, never did anything digital, only in analog sound synthesis and analog signal processing uh, area. Uh, just study it a lot, uh, looking uh, into uh, literature, visiting technical high schools and the libraries over there, mostly in the cellar because it was a bit of old uh, technology at the time. <clears throat> and um, uh, it was, of course, pre-internet time. So, yeah, you had to call people or visit people or visit universities and, and, and discuss things and ask questions. But, uh, yeah, it was really fun to dive into. And then in, um, yeah, let's talk about where I uh, found the idea of the concept of analog computing. Um, in studying the books on electronic music, there was one book uh, called The Development and Practice of Electronic Music by Appleton and Pereira. I guess it's from 1975. In there, there is a chapter written by Joel Chatterby, the late uh, Joel Chatterby, 
um, on analog voltage control techniques for sound synthesis. And there he um, states that a modular synthesizer is actually in uh, uh, the same concept as an analog computer. And when I saw that, I thought, an analog computer, what could that be, you know? And um, uh, really, uh, a few days later, I found a little user manual of the Hitachi analog computer in a, in a second-hand bookshelf in uh, the city. And it was written in Dutch, so that was a bit strange. And it appeared to be uh, for the technical high school in the, in this town. So from this user manual, I um, yeah, I learned a bit more about what an analog computer did and how it could be programmed and patched, and also about the voltage range with which on which it operates. Let's say. And that voltage range uh, was more or less the same as the voltage range of the analog modular synthesizer I was using at the time. So I immediately thought that could be a great, yeah, unit together, you know, uh, talking together those two machines and, and, yeah, for processing or signal generation or whatever. So I thought, yeah, that could be nice to have one. And uh, I, uh, it was uh, 1987. Uh, I just walked in a, a computer store that was more like a desk calculator word, word processing uh, computer uh, at the time. And just bluntly asked if they sold analog computers. <laughs> <laughs> Which they, of course, didn't, but the guy uh, gave me a phone number of a technician from uh, Hewlett Packard in Amsterdam. And uh, he told me to call that guy. And, uh, well, I called, of course, and uh, he said, yeah, th there are such machines in the cellar of the technical high school in Zwolle. Zwolle is a town um, more up north in the Netherlands. So, yeah, I thought, what? Uh, I, I called uh, the technical uh, high school and they said, yeah, you can come by for a visit. And uh, I saw those machines in the, in the cellar there. Um, and they said, well, uh, please take it away because it's 100 kilos. It's what's called a desktop computer. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so uh, I arranged for some transport, and uh, yeah, in 1988, uh, early 1988, there suddenly was this analog computer uh, sitting in my studio. Uh, it was amazing, I must say. Mm -hmm. So uh, with your analog computer, that's quite interesting, Would and uh, especially analog music, but... Um, how can what can you do with an analog computer? What makes an analog computer so special for analog music or music in general? Because it's isn't it a more a uh, computing type of thing for engineering and all side of this stuff? So how can you use it in a creative way to do music with it? Yeah, well, 
first of all, uh, it could be used, um, I, I thought, in the beginning, uh, as a variable voltage source to drive the uh, modules in the uh, modular synthesizer. Uh, only because that's in, in the analog domain. So it was not a digital synthesizer, but a real analog synthesizer. So um, in the beginning, I didn't know much, but I saw in the description of the modules on an analog computer uh, that there were certain similarities in, in, in functions. And uh, uh, for in... Oh, sorry. Um, for instance, the, the multiplier was there and the multiplier, yeah, we, we know that from, from an analog synthesizer, it's a ring modulator or a VCA or, uh, so that's a, a bit of a same, uh, circuit. And, uh, yeah, actually I just started to, to try and patch and didn't understand anything about the machine. And uh, so therefore I, I regularly uh, visited the, the technical high school um, uh, libraries, the technical university libraries um, for books, uh, books that were full of mathematical descriptions, which I don't understand, but um, books that contained uh, block diagrams, so patch diagrams, that was something that I did understand and could patch on the uh, analog computer and then put that signal out to an oscilloscope or to, to an oscillator and then just watch and hear what what is happening, you know. So gradually, uh, through just experimenting over and over and over, uh, yeah, I found out uh, very interesting um, uh, circuits for uh, generating control signals, so in the low frequency uh, uh, range. Um, but also the machine was capable of high-speed computing, which actually means that you have smaller capacitor filters in the, in the integrator modules. And that appeared to be that you get, uh, you can generate signals in the audio uh, frequency uh, range. So, uh, quite uh, fast, I discovered the how to build a sine wave oscillator, for instance, uh, just a sine wave oscillator or a damped sine wave oscillator. Later it become, uh, became clear that the same circuit was also to be used as a filter, uh, a so-called state variable filter, which has bond pass, high pass, and low pass outputs at the same time. So there it started to become um, a sort of ex extension of the uh, analog modular synthesizers. Uh, but that was really first to, let's say, uh, a patch, uh, try to patch the uh, functionalities of an analog uh, modular synthesizer on the analog computer. So not so much the, 
the approach of uh, yeah doing um, uh, differential equations, uh, build that and do uh, computations with it. It was more like a, a sort of a simulation of uh, of an analog synthesizer. So <laughs> yeah. you learned this all by um, doing and trying and uh, doing uh, getting errors and just uh, do it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you learn uh, gradually. Uh, I learned to to have more control, to have a bit of a. Uh, a a suspicion about what it could generate if you combine certain elements and uh, yeah of course uh, using the oscilloscope was also very uh, instructive because you can directly see uh, on the signal uh, the changes you make on the, the, the potentiometers uh, of the system and um, yeah I, I just uh, looked at uh, second-hand uh, bookshops for more books. Uh, it was still pre-internet time, so not as 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 uh, easy now that you can just Google uh, analog computer and you find all these beautiful videos from Bernd Ullmann where he explains everything and uh, yeah, and 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 all that. So. It was really about experimenting, looking for books, um, uh, yeah, copying books, uh, drawing uh, things, and uh, step by step learning to to use the instrument. Maybe one little hint at this point for the people who ever haven't a clue what we are talking at the mo uh, what we are talking about at the moment. So any little computer. I already talked with Bernd Ulmann on this episode, in episode um, one and two, we talked about what an analog computing, so that's a nice start point when you are just getting interested in. And uh, maybe that's the next question. So in the last couple of months and um, years, analog computer music, music got uh, more and more popular. Why would you say analog computers are coming back into the music scene? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting question. Uh, let me first say that uh, historically, it is probably the Canadian composer David Rosenboom that has the uh, the honor of making the first piece of electronic music with an analog computer, and that must be somewhere in the seventies. Uh, at that time, uh, by <laughs> writing a letter on, on, on a typewriter and putting it on the airmail uh, to him, um, to the university where he worked, um, I got an answer that uh, there was a, a piece of music and it was uh, released on a cassette at that time uh, by a label of this, uh, from a person of this city here. <laughs> This, which is a very strange coincidence. Um, but uh, I must say, uh, in the music of that piece, I cannot really, uh, yeah, subtract uh, specific analog computer signals or techniques. So it's a bit weird. And, and David Rosenboom didn't seem to want to talk about it. And so... Yeah, I really don't know 
what else was there. Um, how he used it, and it was probably the only piece he did. Um, uh, as far as I know, no one else did uh, uh, music on analog computers, and I think that has had to do with two things. Um, analog computers were extremely expensive in 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 building. And, and in uh, maintenance. So they were only to be found maybe in technical universities or in specific labs like uh, uh, from uh, airplane manufacturers or uh, NASA, for instance. Um, so it was not a, a place that was easy accessible for uh, artistic persons, let's say. Um, and the second reason is is that uh, electronic music or electronic composition uh, really uh, developed into the digital uh, domain. With the advance of microprocessors, it became cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And um, yeah, everybody followed the 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 the, the digital computer paradigm. Let's say it like this. And um, yeah, uh, I was using the, the the analog computer, but totally in in a totally different universe, let's say, than the general people and general music was 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 going. Really, totally into the digital domain. And um, I, when I started uh, my first website, when internet became a bit accessible, so must be. Uh, early 2000s or something. Uh, I had contact with uh, 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 a man in the United States, in uh, California, uh, and that was, uh, uh, oh, I forgot his name. I, maybe I'll get it later. Um, and he had a website where he explained on pictures uh, the combination of a Buklam analog modular synthesizer and an analog computer. Uh, so he was definitely someone that was into that combination, but it was more or less for fun. He was not really releasing pieces of music, but I guess he was a bit experimenting with the, with the idea. And we had several uh, great conversations on it. Um, but he was really as uh, more of a researcher scientist than uh, than in, in the artist artistic domain. And um, uh, well, the other thing was that through that website, I um, uh, I posted some some materials and things about analog computers, and of course was found by Bernd Ullmann. I guess that's already uh, more than 50 years ago, I guess. And um, yeah, then we were really happy to have met and uh, exchanged enormous amounts of information, and uh, which was great. And uh, yeah, we still uh, sometimes meet over uh, over videos from from people uh, or on on, on uh, email, and. Um, so, uh, yeah, we discovered that slowly with the uh, interest in analog 
modular synthesis this day, people start to discover the idea of analog computing. And then they are looking for uh, little devices like this, but also very hard to find. So what Bernd is doing now with his company, bringing out uh, very sophisticated systems for analog computing, analog hybrid computing, but also now his hit instrument, uh, the analog thing, uh, it will be possible for many, many people that are really interested to uh, to start, uh, yeah, discovering the techniques and the possibilities. And uh, yeah, but still, um, I must say, um, and except for for a, f a few uh, people. Uh, uh, the idea of analog computing in analog music is more sort of a technical interest for people, but not that used really uh, uh, artistically as, as really for musical composition or sound synthesis or whatever. It's that's still very marginal. But do you think that these people are getting more? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. Um, uh, for instance, because um, we now have, um, since uh, six years, in this town, the so-called Willem II Studios for Electronic Music, uh, which is uh, becoming very popular worldwide now, and uh, there, I have uh, the two Hitachi computers completely working, and uh, more and more people are uh, getting interested in the machines, and I help them to generate sounds and uh, do courses, etc. So, one of the people that has really made uh, great pieces with the machine uh, and put out uh, records of it is uh, the Italian composer, musician, Andrea Taeji. He's currently uh, living in uh, Berlin. And he has put out, uh, yeah, some records and did play live with the sound material. And um, yeah, that's, that's yeah, really a statement, let's say, for the application of an analog computer in, in really in, music done in a musical way let's say that's important to note um, and for myself uh, I did not make uh, many pieces uh, um, during the rig during the years um, uh, and actually I'm at the moment rediscovering the machine again for more complex uh, uh, batches, and that is because uh, some students from the Institute for Sonology in The Hague came with uh, the teacher um, to sort of um, engineer a specific equation, uh, the Van der Poel uh, equation that uh, our computer people will uh, immediately uh, discover that. Of recognize that I mean, um, so they tried to really 
let's say, breadboard, engineer the system in the most efficient way and look for the correct parameters of the system. And when they had it working uh, in the audio uh, domain, they were able to um, then make uh, the system um, uh, uh, with analog hardware components on a on a PCB uh, to make it work. So that's a kind of thing that that some people are doing now. So using the analog computer as a sort of super uh, convenient uh, breadboard engineering system to uh, yeah f try to make new types of generators or filters or whatever. And um, yeah, it's amazing what you can discover at that uh, in that in that way. Uh, for someone uh, who just started an analog computing, which advice would you give someone who would may, uh, like to make music with, music with such an analog computer? Mm, whoa, that's uh, that's uh, a hard one. Um, and I mean, the, the first thing to do is to make um an effective interface so um what you need is is a sort of a trunk line uh, system in which you can send signals into the computer and get signals out of the computer and it doesn't uh, it shouldn't be only four or something but at least 40 um because there is so many um uh, things going on at the same time because it's a parallel uh, continuous computer so you can take all kinds of uh, different of uh, um, signals from the same circuit at the same time and use it to control and, and analog modular computers first of all important thing is to make a good interface for for getting the signals in and out of the analog computer to the system that you use for your sound generation. Uh, may it be uh, banana plugs or um, mini jacks or whatever. And then, um, yeah, uh, try to find some literature and the best way to have access to an enormous library online is the Analog Computer Museum. Uh, .org um, uh, by, uh, run by uh, Baron Thurman and um, uh, there is still not a little booklet on how to use analog computers um, for sound synthesis and, 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 and use in electronic music or interface with other electronic devices. And that is something that I am uh, trying to work on now um, with little uh, um, audio bulletins and a library of uh, patches, patch programs for the analog computer. And uh, yeah, people can who are interested in diving really into it, they can always um, contact the stu Will & Trade Studios in uh, Den Bosch in the Netherlands uh, to get some workshops or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, so that, that 
thing is still to be done, actually. And then I guess people, yeah, we can um, uh, offer uh, very simple programs to make sound and then get into the more complex kind of sounds. But the interface mm, for an analog computer is is in the beginning a bit complex, I might say. Uh, I once in uh, 1993 uh, was a guest lecturer in the at the Institute of Electronic uh, of um, Sonology in the analog uh, and uh, analog electronic music studio there where uh, my Hitachis were interfaced with their voltage control system. And although the students were quite familiar with working with the analog modules, the step to analog computation, uh, analog computers and the interface was a bit too much for them. Because in a normal analog studio, you can take oscillators, yeah, and work with that, and a filter, etc. On an analog computer, you first have to build it, or program it, as we say. And yeah, that step is is a bit technical, a bit nerdish, a bit yeah. You must have a sort of a nerdish, nerdish interest to put in all those bottle plugs and wires, etc. And uh, it it's when it gets a bit complex, it is a giant mass of spaghetti um, on a batch panel. But it actually, it learns you to feel and see what is in an analog modular synthesizer module. Uh, it's, it's very, uh, yeah, it's very instructive, but it is a bit really technical. So the people that only have uh, an, uh, an artistic interest or focus, they sort of have a hard time, uh, yeah, working with an analog computer, I must say. No. Mm -hmm. um, at the beginning, you uh, talked a little bit about the digital paradigm and the analog paradigm. So uh, you also said that you just work in analog. So why? Do you just work in analog and not with some DAW or something like that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, since uh, since ten years, I do record uh, in a digital uh, audio environment, uh, which is uh, Reaper, uh, and that is because it's it's very easy to understand for me. <laughs> so. And and uh, I must say it's it's yeah it's very easy in editing and, and post processing composing and so. But I always had an interest in analog synthesizers uh, as early as my youth, and that was mainly because of the music uh, I loved at that time from Klaus Schulz and uh, and. Um, you know, Tangerine Dream, uh, Michael Ernish, and uh, those guys. And um, 
on on the record uh, sleeves I saw the pictures of the knobs, 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 and I loved the sound. So I was really uh, uh, I, I caught by that. And at the same time, in the jazz uh, fusion uh, corner, I was really a super fan of uh, Joe Savino from the super band uh, Weather Report, where the the most interesting records were uh, where he used the ARP 2600 and the Prophets and the old uh, big Oberheim. And... Uh, yeah, the sounds of those records and the the machines that that yeah, I was totally yeah crazy about those things. So I I uh, was always looking for a way to get into that that those instruments. And the fun thing is that uh, at the time. Um, I started studying and uh, and living at my own. Uh, there was this digital revolution, and everybody wanted to get rid of that old analog stuff. So I have really, uh, at that time, I could have uh, buy some great instrument, the greatest instruments actually, for impossibly low uh, amount of money, and. Uh, so I, I, it was able for me to afford suddenly and have in my room suddenly an ARP 2600 and later an ARP 2500 and an ARP uh, uh, Odyssey and a sequential Prophet 10 and an Oberheim 8 voice, etc. It's just an amazing coincidence that nobody at that time was interested but uh, it was a dream come true for me, and uh, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing, and just the idea of the analog modular synthesizer, and therefore uh, the analog computer as well, is the sort of direct tactile. Um, um, connection you have as a musician um, with the instrument and there's always a system of knobs that are always at the same place and have the same function so just in what you can have as a musician in, in uh, playing drums or bass guitar or whatever you can develop muscle memory that is that you don't have to look anymore. You can directly play certain notes um, by feeling your body and your your uh, um, your uh, muscles at the, at the specific time, and that is the, a thing you can and never uh, develop with uh, making music with a mouse and an, a visual graphic interface. Because the knobs uh, go go all over the place. <laughs> Sometimes they're right, then they are left again, and they have to zoom in. And you have only one interface. Uh, therefore, I do understand the, the development of uh, hardware controllers for digital programs. 
and where you can assign uh, a knob to the specific function, you know, which is very important. And uh, uh, yeah, this, so that is why I definitely went that way. Mm -hmm. And what also just came to my mind, you also make music with um, old and electronic test equipment. So how you got the idea to use old test equipment to wait? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that comes from two um, uh, separate sides. Uh, the study in uh, analog computing and its applications uh, historically from the 50s to yeah the 90s, uh, basically, when they were still heavily in use, um, brought me to literature and, and, and fields of science where um, there's a lot of uh, testing going on, measuring, testing, etc. For instance, uh, during the 50s, they started to um, research on analog computers, uh, things like uh, turbulence and reactions of dynamic systems to uh, random uh, inputs. And therefore, a noise generator was... Uh, was developed well um that con yeah and uh, let's say um you get these uh, pictures of uh, huge um yeah uh, research uh, engineering uh, facilities with racks and racks of equipment and um and you get into things like uh, the technique of telemetry, the technique of um, um, frequency and amplitude modulation, the techniques of uh, uh, carrier wave uh, modulation, um, uh, all kinds of technologies. And, and uh, that's very interesting. Uh, fields you, you come into where testing and measuring and facilities for doing that were were especially developed. Uh, and I got my first Hewlett-Packard uh, noise generator from um, an analog computer engineer in the Technical University in Delft. And I was immediately caught by the precision and the range the, the the operating range of of that test and uh, a measurement equipment compared to the uh, quality of the modular synthesizers so i thought yeah that would be very interesting to look for more test uh, equipment that had uh, such precision and uh, sonic possibilities or control signal possibilities. And the other round is that the first uh, elect electronic music that was made in in uh, in uh, Köln, Köln uh, at the NMedia Studios uh, for the broadcasting uh, uh, for broadcasting um, uh they started in the early 50s to make electronic music 
by using a test equipment, a sine wave generator, which they discovered, yeah, you can put the dial on a certain frequency, so it generates a tone, and then you can record that on a piece of tape, and then make another, uh, turn the dial to another frequency, record that again, etc., etc., etc. So you have a, uh, a, 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 a bunch of frequencies on tape, and then you can uh, cut and splice it to be, have a melodic or a harmonic uh, development in time, so you can make electronic music. And then they started to use uh, the filters that were used in uh, in the studios, and uh, yeah, more and more things came, and special mixing desks were developed, and you had the reverb plates, uh, all kinds of things, and a lot of tape recorder techniques, of course. And so the first electronic music started with the test the measurement equipment from the service department of the broadcasting uh, uh, stations. And I really liked that uh, the sound of those old uh, compositions. So I thought the best way to do research to the techniques of that time was to try to get those same sort of uh, sine wave generators and filters to experience myself what it is, was like to work with such instrument. And uh, in, at first they, in, in Germany they worked uh, with uh, only one sine generator and uh, not only you uh, uh, can be lazy but uh, so am I. So. <laughs> I thought, uh, let's first uh, have uh, 12 sine wave oscillators together, parallel, and have it connected to the mixer. So you can already, with 12 faders, you can make uh, combinations of tones from the 12 sine wave oscillators, for instance. Well, that's about how, how I came into uh, the test and measurement equipment. And that was also, I started with that uh, in... Uh, 95 uh, uh, and found them in radio free markets and, and other places and uh, that at that time it was still cheap because people were not interested but I must say since uh, our friend uh, Heinbach uh, is putting out many many videos <laughs> about some of the, the equipment the, the, the surplus uh, uh, prices are, um, yeah, <laughs> very high. Uh, are beginning to be very high, and of course, it's a, it's a bit, uh, yeah, um, hard to find. But uh, yeah, so I was uh, uh, with the test measurement at at the lucky time uh, as well, and uh, yeah, I'm happy now that we have the studios to, which is which are open for everyone to, to book and to work there. Um, so yeah, I can, and we, we try to have, to keep uh, the equipment in good shape. So working shape, uh, uh, with the help of some great technicians here. So yeah, it's, it's nice to, to invite people and to meet people that are interested in, 
Yeah, it's so nice to see the people being so amazed about the sound quality and the sound possibilities that can be done with this equipment. Very interesting, but I have one more question that I ask all my guests. Is there one more thing you would like to share with the audience? Um, yeah, um, it, it appeared to me and that some other people have uh, the same experience that if you are caught by something, uh, some idea, some path you want to go, just stick to it. Just go that path and uh, it's not about earning money it's about passion and and fire uh, interest in, uh, in wanting to learn in, to enjoy discoveries um, yeah and then at a certain at a certain time it will connect you with the right people uh, uh, from which you can learn again and you end up something that is so interesting for yourself and then you can tell about it and share your thoughts with other people and it will become more and more interesting every day. Um, and you can learn uh, until uh, the light goes out. You know, it's um, especially now with internet, there, is so, there are so many people you can contact and... Uh, and reach out and, and exchange information. But uh, I must say, uh, don't forget the old book libraries because I have a lot of uh, books in my personal library uh, that are still not there on the internet. So um, uh, don't think internet knows everything, has all the information. It's That's definitely not true. Um, do visit uh, libraries from universities, from institutions, and, uh, and discover the, the enormous amount of fantastic information you can find there. And it's really fun to, yeah, to go uh, along the racks with uh, with book titles, journals. Um, yeah, things from the 60s and the 70s. It's very, very interesting. So stick to it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think we have now reached the end of this episode. And uh, now it's the point I just wanted to say thanks uh, that you talked in this episode. And I think it was a huge pleasure to listen to you and all your stories you told. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you for your in <laughs> thank you for your invitation, and uh, it was, was great. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, you can find uh, more people uh, to expand the series. Uh, lots of success with it. Yes, maybe um, at the moment I'm in contact with Heinbach. Maybe we talk with him in the future a little bit more about music with um, analog test equipment. But we will see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have probably seen the videos on YouTube. On uh, course, yeah. yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. When, when you are interested in analog computers, I think it goes quite fast. There's one stream of him, yeah, with you and Ben Ullmann, where he talked about music with analog computers, and it's yes, quite um, nice to um, look or hear whatsoever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm I'm interested in in if there will be. 
uh, more people uh, coming on analog computers and music. Uh, the, the nice thing about analog computers is that it has been used in visuals more. Uh, you know, in, in you had the the uh, the, the oh, I forgot the, the Whitney Brothers in America that used an analog computer for film for abstract film and. Uh, Ben Leposky, who they made uh, oscilloscope uh, pictures with analog computing circuits. And um, yeah, that's quite interesting that it first became more attracted to visual artists than, than, than uh, music in the music uh, situation. So I hope that there will uh, surface more uh, people that uh, use analog computers uh, in a bright way in uh, electronic music. So let's see. Let's see exactly. And then I would just say goodbye. Maybe we, hear, we will hear us um, in some of the next episodes. Uh, yes. And, uh, yes. And also thanks to the listeners who listened until now. It's uh, I see it's uh, 40, 51 minutes long. So a huge thanks to you for listening all this time. And then Goodbye to you. <laughs>